trending news right now. What's happened in social media in the last 24 hours? A lot. We can't cover all of it, but we do cover some. And today we are talking to CEO of Decode Communications and social commentator Lorato Sekeng to tell us what's going on. Lorato, thank you so much and a happy Tuesday. Thanks for joining. Happy Tuesday to you too, Asada, and good morning to the wonderful CFM listeners. Great stuff. How are you feeling? How was the weekend? Uh, the, the weekend was not bad. Uh, it, it rained a little bit. Uh, I'm just worried that seemingly, uh, although in a good living experience, some rain, some people else were experiencing a lot of rain, which has caused a lot of havoc and destruction. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm really hoping that you know the uh, the respective disaster management teams will be able to make sure that there are no fatalities. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's yeah. talk hashtag Rasi Erasmus, uh, first of all, the SA director of rugby. So he's back at work as of uh, Monday after he was banned from uh, world rugby activities. Yeah, so so our, our uh, World Cup winning coach, remember in, in 2019 in Japan, uh, him and the, and the boys really made us very, very happy uh, after winning the, the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in, in, on the 17th of November, he was uh, uh, banned by the, the world body of, of rugby, world rugby, because uh, he had completely had recorded a video complaining about some officiating during the uh, Lions and Irish uh, tour. And, and of course, uh, you know, unlike many other sports, the, the world rugby union and even the respective. Uh, uh, rugby, rugby unions in countries, for instance, the, the, the South African rugby union and the Australian rugby unions and many others across the world, they are very strict on issues around officiating, on issues around taking, uh, you, you know, referees on. They, they prefer that you follow uh, their, their guidelines in terms of complaining or raising any issues that, that you may have. Uh, and uh, he was therefore sanctioned for, for uh, two months. And, uh, and in the two months, uh, w- whatever happened, it, it was good for him because clearly, uh, you know, the, the, the Rashi that we, a lot of South Africans did not know. And although many like him, you know, sports, pro- sports professionals and coaches and uh, uh, people who are in senior management like he is uh, are on Twitter, but we don't know their, their human side. You know, you almost know they are announcing that or the other or sharing news about the sports and the likes. Mm. And, and we completely, so it's, it's a completely uh, different, funny, meaty, uh, and, and, and nice side of, of, of Rasi, Rasi Rasmus over, over uh, December with, with a number of videos that, that he was putting out, uh, always cracking up jokes, uh, you know, introduced us to his family. Uh, and, and, and the daughters made a video, I think, about uh, a day or so ago, you know, uh, expressing how excited that they are that their dad is going back to work. Uh, because, you know, I imagine t- uh, teenagers, some, while they, they like the funny side of their parents, they're also embarrassed uh, that, that you know, they, they sometimes feel embarrassed that 
you know, we embarrass them in front of their, in front of their friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he had a bit of downtime then. It, it, it's a feel-good story as much as it didn't start, start by being, you know, a feel-good story. When he was banned, it was a bit controversial. Spending time with family and, and just being a typical dad and embarrassing his kids. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and also, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the, the other thing as well is that I suspect he had always had or hosted people at his house, but uh, for, for some time he was then able to, you know, let us in on what happens in those moments. I suspect he generally is a funny and witty guy, mm-hmm. uh, but, but then we got to witness it as South Africans. It was something absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And, and, and I guess, you know, uh, when, when you watch the, the many, many, uh, uh, these shows that, 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 are, that are always up about personalities and, and other reality TV shows, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what a lot of people appreciate, really, that, that you, you, you get to see beyond the singer, beyond the artist, beyond the this, that personality. You then get to experience, or at least have a sense of what are the things that they do when they're not uh, doing what we know them professionally for. So, so, so it was really good to observe. Even uh, his dog, mm-hmm. the English bulldog, made some appearances on his Twitter <laughs> account there. <laughs> and people are loving it. What's the response been mm-hmm. in terms of Twitter after his daughters tweeted and said, thank you for supporting our dad? It, 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 the, the support has been phenomenal. In fact, you know, I only thought about this, I think, when we were doing the, our uh, SA government leaders report uh, around towards the end of December last year to say, it would have been interesting to see uh, what was his what was his following like uh, when when uh, he was suspended on the 17th of November mm. versus now where he literally is sitting uh, at about 80,000 followers, right? Because I imagine he accumulated a number a lot of followers uh, during this downtime. Uh, but but uh, you know when when you look at for instance the the, the response to to, his, to this particular tweet. That uh, the the girls put out on the on on the 16th, which was on on Monday, it looked, it had about six uh, six thousand plus uh, likes and uh, over three hundred comments, right? Mm. And and uh, all those comments are positive. And I think that is the one thing that has been very interesting uh, with uh, the videos that we have been put we have been putting out. Uh, you know, social media can be hot and cold, right, yeah. where you put something that is funny and then there are people who appreciate the, 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 the funniness uh, and then others just go on the extreme, right? Uh, but interestingly with Rasi, in particular this video with, with the girls uh, wishing their father uh, all the best and, and thanking uh, South Africans for having been behind him during this time. Yeah, it has been all positive. And I think this is, uh, you know, something to learn about social media that, while there are those who may be a lot apprehensive uh, because of the toxicity and some of the negativity that sometimes come with social media, uh, not every, not everything is, is doom and gloom. Mm. Uh, well, mm. we can uh, definitely relate to being the parents who embarrass some kids on social media or even just <laughs> in normal spaces. I think the uncles and the aunts are usually the cool ones. Uh, Tina, we're not so much. <laughs> and also life lessons and advice that uh, he was giving at home. The kids were talking about that too. Yes, yes. Uh, and, 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 and I guess the, 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 what was also interesting was 
uh, he, because they, they, they came out as, uh, for instance, he would use videos of when he was speaking to, you know, whenever he'd be having sessions with, with, the, with, the, with the team, the, the South African rugby team, and then share some of those lessons, of course, the, 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 the teenagers would either respond or, you know, show the way of relating relating with some of the things that, that, that you would be saying. I guess, you know, typically, uh, as parents, there's almost a way that we want to be telling our children how to respond to things, uh, what not to do, and, yeah. and, 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 and the likes. And, and as you say, uh, you know, then there are those moments where they just feel like, uh, but you can't kiss me on the lips when you drop me off at school. Not anymore, <laughs> right? I'm a teenager, <laughs> kind of a thing. Mm. Uh, you can just hug uh, and, and, and things like this. So, so, so it, it, it really uh, has been the, the lighter side. But, but also, you know, not, not just light because it was making us laugh. It was almost feeling like, uh, and I think this has been the positive for me, as somebody who is taking, who is, uh, taking part in... Uh, a non-profit organization that deals with uh, mentorship for teenagers, oh. teenage boys in particular. You know, uh, one of the, the biggest challenges that come out of the Afrandais is the issue of absent fathers, right? Oh. And, and and when you see uh, the, the positivity that comes out of, uh, that comes out of parents and fathers, or at least, you know, people who just relate with their children as, because sometimes children don't want to be, you know, spoken at. In fact, most of the time, right? Yeah. And, and here you then uh, get the sense that uh, there's, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of, uh, you know, they're able to relate and that, that is absolutely positive. Yeah, great movement there and big ups to you for, for getting involved. That's absolutely so necessary. So let's talk hashtag, so yeah, let's talk hashtag my money uh, now, uh, one movement leader. He is accusing uh, or he's casting doubt on parliament's ability to meet a deadline that's been set, a constitutional court's deadline on the Electoral Act. It's supposed to be amended so that uh, independent candidates can become MPs. The backstory goes as far as 2020. Yes. So, so, so in, in, in 2020, there's, a, there's an organization called, I think it's One Nation, uh, you know, some obscure non-profit, uh, they, they decided to, uh, you know, start off electoral reform. Uh, took the matter to the Constitutional Court, where they, 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 they were really challenging the Electoral Act in terms of uh, direct election of the president. Uh, or, 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 or it really was, was about the uh, independent candidate being able to stand uh, for, for office, because mm-hmm. currently, uh, although the, the Act is not as explicit in terms of uh, representation, because uh, currently our, our, our Electoral Act is, is such that you know, it's, it's more uh, constituency, constituency-based, whereas if you consider that uh, there was the, the, the Slabber uh, report uh, that, that was done in the, in the early 2000s, which was out in the early 2000s, and, and uh, it proposed a hybrid model, or, or some of the recommendations there was a hybrid model where it was constituency-based and a proportional proportional re- representation. Mm-hmm. And when you think about when you consider that uh, it, it's actually happening uh, in in local government elections, right, where uh, there would be what they call the PRC, and then there would be uh, the the ward, there would be ward seats, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 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 the the the, the issue up around the elections has always been while you have uh, during the national elections 
people being able to vote uh, for uh, for uh, uh, parties. The trouble is that you never know whether uh, the person that you are voting for is is going to be an, uh, an MP or a member of parliament that represents your constituency. Even uh, made to make things worse, mm. uh, whenever they are elected or whenever members of parliament are now elected in, uh, in their respective uh, parties, they decide and pick and choose which constituency, whenever this constituency work that has to be done, which is part of the mandatory work that uh, members of parliament undertake during uh, as part of their program, they pick and choose which uh, uh, constituencies they want to represent. And what that does is that you may find that there's some over-concentration in certain areas because, again, some people, you know, because of that picking and choosing, they then look at areas that perhaps maybe may not have too many problems, or it may be that there's an area that they want to focus on from a certain delivery point of view, or even just from a making sure that they maintain the home fires from a constituency point of view so that in the next election they are able to they are able to continue uh, mobilizing and winning uh, the, 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 the elections. So mm-hmm. one nation was successful in their court bid, and then the court uh, uh, the, the court gave the parliament uh, 24 months to review the law, such that uh, when when you go to the elections, uh, and which if, if you look at the timeline itself. It means that when we go to the elections in 2020, the national elections in 2024, uh, if Afanda wanted to, you know, uh, go and, and be, you know, represent yourself uh, in your own jacket, and uh, uh, you know, if you believe that you can garner enough votes, and you, you know, uh, you should be able to do that. You no longer need a political party uh, like previously, because if you if you look mm-hmm. at the if you look at the uh, ballots for the for the national elections. All of them would only have uh, would only have uh, parties. Whereas when you look at the local government elections, they have uh, independence as they have independence as well. So, so should we be able to get to that point where parliament, uh, you know, follows or at least adheres to the ruling of the constitutional court? We should be able to see that. But of course, my man is skeptical because as a former member of parliament. He knows that Parliament can drag on some of these things, but also there's a, 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 a wide, widely held view by the opposition that the ANC believes that it is not in their best interest, which is the government party, uh, in their best interest uh, for them to have that kind of a scenario. They prefer the party system, and hence uh, the perception or at least the belief from Musima Mani uh, that you know uh, Parliament is going to, to drag uh, on this matter. Whether that is the case. Uh, it's, it's really uh, uh, for, for, for us to observe as, as time goes on. So are those the grounds then for his concern that Parliament won't be able to meet the Concord deadline because he's been an MP before and he knows matters can be dragged? He's looking at past experience or is there something else? So, so, so the, 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 those really are his grounds. I think it was on two occasions when when Parliament was... Uh, was uh, uh, there was an order. Uh, there were there were two orders that were made, and they they then uh, had to ask or went to court and and uh, asked for an extension. Right? Even the IEC at some point they did that. You remember the IEC with the issue around the the that the, the, the voters' role that everyone must have a physical a physical address. 
because of the, the, the technical and operational issues, the IEC then went back to the court and said, the timeline that you gave us is not, uh, you know, we are, we are looking at the resources that we have, both human and financial, we will not be able to meet the deadline. And, and, and the, the court was reasonable in then giving them that extension. So, so it's really out, out of that that uh, he, he, he has observed that the court can be lenient in that as long as we are able to spoil what they deem to be reasonable, uh, you know, case in, in front of them. And I suspect that uh, because of his prior experience with how the, the governing party has been able to ask for leniency, uh, a plead leniency with the court, and the court uh, uh, really relenting to that, uh, he, he maybe that, that's that's what what is what what I've been observing in terms of what is really raising in the main. Yeah, and in the 24 mm-hmm. months that they've been given, it's uh, which ends in June, there has been progress because a minister of home affairs has spoken to speaker of parliament, uh, saying that the committee had provided him with a report, and then. Uh, the committee explored options, came up with two. They narrowed it down to those two options. Then that was uh, taken to Home Affairs Portfolio Committee chairperson who said that the committee would decide on one option and then calling for public comments after that on the proposed amendments to Electoral Act. Uh, so political parties and civil society and business organizations, you don't think that it's enough time from now until June for them to uh, have their uh, public comments made? Just to, to take it on, uh, you know, that Parliament has, uh, you know, staff complement and the kind of process that they should be able to do that. Of course, uh, you know, it, it is a reasonable timeline. But if you consider that some of the disruptions, for instance, now with, with the Parliament uh, uh, precinct, uh, you know, a, a significant portion of it being bent down and they have to look for an alternative venue for the State of the Nation address, the, the uh, budget that will follow, of course, and the respective uh, uh, budget votes from different different departments. Uh, but the, the, and if you again to just draw from the Section 25 uh, uh, issue, right? Remember, with the Section 25, what delayed the process, or at least that their timeline, what disrupted their timeline, was not that Parliament did not comply. Mm-hmm. It was that uh, Afrin Forum had at some point taken them to court where they were challenging the issue around the consultations, and then they had to extend that. So, so uh, public consultations is one of those areas that, uh, at some, uh, you know, because again, that's one of the, the issues with uh, how participatory democracy can be a little bit troublesome. Where we find certain sections of whether it's in parliament, in government, uh, in particular, where they almost treat it as a checkbox exercise, and others, mm. whenever they challenge that. Uh, it then has to go back or the, the respective department or in this case the legislatures, whether it's the provincial legislatures or the, the uh, National Assembly itself, they would then have to go back and redo or, or, or do a little bit more of that of that uh, consultation. So, so it, it would be interesting to observe, uh, one, whether the public participation process is going to be as expensive, because mm. that is always the, 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 the challenge, right? And if it is not extensive, what does it mean to the uh, civil society organization, the very ones that, that, that you raise? Because it can sometimes it then we raise the issue to say, yes, but you know, you've received uh, rings and rings of, of, of submissions. There's no way that you know you could have processed uh, all of these documents. 
and 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 uh, you know said that you have made reasonable considerations to include into your process and 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 also you know the town hall meetings we only see you going to certain areas and not the others and so it will be interesting to see whether there is going to be that challenge and if the if, if it is not therefore parliament is, is the right on track to be able to 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 meet their, their deadline of, of june all right uh, hashtag Mondi Kungubele. Now let's talk about this topic. President Cyril Ramaphosa announcing that the minister and the presidency Kungubele will assume political responsibility for the control and uh, direction of the state security agency. Yes, uh, and, and this has been a talking point for the longest time, uh, even before you know before Mondi uh, Kungubele, um, because you will remember. Uh, you, you know that the, the state security agency has always been an issue, uh, going dating as far back as uh, uh, the, the, the time when Jackie Silebi, uh, issue and, and Carbon Becky, you know, when there was the issue about uh, using state apparatus to fight political war, political battles, and, and, and the likes. It was raised, you know, uh, during the ANC Telecom conference. It was raised beyond that. So, so it has been an issue that has really been bubbling, bubbling under for, for, for the longest time. Of course, during the, the Zuma administration, uh, there the, the had always been the concern around whether the state security agency, uh, one, uh, is being given enough uh, attention with regards to uh, you know the regulatory framework, uh, the, the, the people that are there, whether the spooks that are you know, are meant to be doing the, the, the job, whether it's domestic or international, whether they are doing it in the best interest of the country or they are serving the, 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 the incumbent, mm. which uh, in, under any normal circumstances, particularly if you consider that, uh, you know, while you have the state security agency, you also have crime intelligence, which sits and reports to the minister of police, and you also have the intelligence in, 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 the, in the South African National Defense Force, right? Mm. And... and uh, the, but the state security agency is one of those critical areas where they are able to do intelligence gathering, uh, but also help in detecting and being able to, uh, you know, thwart uh, some of the issues even before they happen. Of course, July uh, July unrest happened, uh, and, and, and that was a key moment which then led to President Ramaphosa uh, uh, reshuffling his budget. So, sorry, his cabinet yes. uh, in, in, in August. And uh, part of that, it was, a, it was a big shift where, one, uh, remember during the, the, those July unrest, there was the, 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 those backing of head between uh, the Minister of Police, the Dikele, who said he had not received an intelligence report. The then uh, State Security Minister, Ayanda, was saying that there was an intelligence report. Mm. And of course, the, the subsequently, the Human Rights Commission hearings in, in Phoenix, uh, after the Phoenix massacre, uh, really got to hear that there was no such intelligence report that, 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 that existed. So, so uh, then uh, Minister Ayanda was moved to a different portfolio, and State Security Agency was then moved into the office of the, of, of the, the president. Something that, uh, again, and, and then so I was raising the issue around, you know, the, the, the Polokwane the conference of the ANC, because it was almost as if it's a deja vu moment, right, where mm-hmm. the complaints then around 
the governing party using the state apparatus, particularly the intelligence uh, uh, service, to one, consolidate power, to uh, utilize it to fight uh, internal party battles. Uh, some people were raising it to say, this seems to be what the President Ramaphosa uh, uh, is doing, particularly that he had then, uh, you know, the, the Deputy Minister, uh, what his name? Uh, the deputy minister is Zizi Kodwa. Zizi Kodwa, yes. Uh, that he is somebody who has been campaigning positively for the CR17, and uh, and and that is now the, the, the you know although he may not be the a cabinet member, it still remains to be seen whether President Ramaphosa will not be using it more for for, for political gains. And of course, I suspect as part of this. Uh, advisory team then said it is not good. And remember, that there was that five-member uh, panel uh, that was also then during that time was meant to one, you know, do an assessment and then giving a report. Uh, although the, the statement from the president that came out yesterday did not outline whether uh, or, or whether this move by uh, moving the state security under the purview of uh, Minister Gungubele in, 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 in the presidency. Whether it was as a result of that uh, uh, panel, uh, or it was just a matter of the president using his prerogatives uh, as the head of state uh, and, and the constitutional powers uh, to, to, to make that move. So, so it's going to, to be interesting. What is worrisome for me, mm-hmm. uh, Asanda, is that uh, Minister Gungubele, remember under him, he has the uh, Department of Monitoring uh, and Evaluation, uh, there's the National Training Commission, uh, there's the GCIS, there's Grand South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he has the fifth department, uh, which is which is the, the state security agency, right? And, 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 and whether he will then, of course, he may just be a political a political principal and all those departments having respective director generals or CEOs in the case of, of a, a brand SA and GCIS. But, but, but it's going to be interesting to see whether he will have enough time to be able to do the necessary uh, uh, oversight and ensure that the first task, ensure that there's a, there's a you know, at SSA, there's a, a permanent a, a director general, mm-hmm. which, you know, for the longest time, there was an acting director general. We, don't, we didn't have the, the domestic uh, head, uh, in a permanent domestic head. So, so, so it would be interesting to see whether him being in this role is going to deal with those things almost in the first hundred days to say, fill these positions, make sure that they are permanent, deal with the issues of operations, make sure that uh, everyone who's, fought, who's supposed to be in, in key positions, they are there, so they can then take, you know, uh, 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 do the work as South Africans expect them to. Yeah. Let's end with hashtag life as uh, The latest now, the there's a sixth witness in that inquest, uh, the inquest that was launched in July 2021. Uh, what exactly was she saying? So, so, so with, with uh, the, 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 the inquest, and, and, and I, I, I've been trying to, I was trying to, fo- to follow it uh, yesterday when, when, when it resumed. I, I missed a, a lot of the, the, the testimony or the, the live testimony. Some of the, some of the, the or at least, you know, some of the, 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 the reports that, that, that I was gathering from the, 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 the news media mm-hmm. had really been around the lack of accountability 
particularly for, from the from the, the, the side of the, the health ministry, the health ministry in, in, in Houghton, which which I'm, I'm I'm not sure, you know, if, if it's something that adds on to. We know that that former uh, MC Kadani Masangu still has to to give her own testimony. Whether mm. it's something that really uh, sits in good stead to help her case uh, when she comes and, and testifies. All right, so the name uh, of uh, Dr. Makabo Manamela came up uh, in, in terms of uh, what the sixth witness was saying. Uh, Hannah Yakobas is uh, her name. She was saying that the time frame for moving the patients uh, from the, uh, where they were to the new NGOs, the mental health NGOs, was not enough. They needed more time. Absolutely, and 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 that, that has been one of the the, the key uh, reports and findings. I right? even remember when when uh, former Deputy Justice Bishamusemeke had the, the, the conciliation and arbitration session, right? Where the the biggest issues were uh, government, or at least as far as the, the the reports that they received, it was unreasonable for them to force that. Uh, uh, the, 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 the removals or the 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 the, the moving of patients uh, to to happen, and of course they, they then uh, the government then claimed that listen one we had budget constraints mm. we, that we, we then had to deal with, but also we knew that extending contracts uh, uh, with with life as uh, demand would have been. Uh, something that, that is illegal from a PFMA po- uh, point of view, the Public Finance uh, and, uh, Management Act, right? And, mm. and uh, mm, uh, while they're trying to hide behind those, it is becoming clearer that uh, both uh, uh, Dr. Makabo Manamela and Badis Lebano, who was the who was the head of the department uh, at, at, at the time, they almost were, were not taking. Uh, expert advice, but more leaning towards uh, the the political uh, pressure that they claim to have been receiving from the NEC to insist that they, they, you know this is the line of march. This is what we what we have to do, and it, 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 it has to it has to be done. My uh, my thing that I'm wondering about is that I mean, if they're saying that NGOs needed to be ready and compliant. And that that process takes about three months, and there were no uh, proper inspections done, and, and and things were rushed. Should these NGOs not stay ready? I mean, if they are on the database of Gauteng Health Department, in cases where there could be, you know, rushed uh, situations and 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 things where there is no time, why do they not stay ready? Why do they need three months to be alerted if they are on the database of Gauteng Health? Uh. In fact, they are on the database of social development, right? Because remember, the the the, the, the homes uh, and, and and particularly the the any, any kind of home of safety uh, ought to be under the department of uh, or is under the department of social development, but uh, reporting to or with a dotted line to the department of health. One of the things that you may remember that came out of the uh, Justice Musenegas uh, report was one the bad record keeping mm. on, 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 on both departments, Department of Health and Department of uh, Social Development, where the biggest challenge was around. There was not even an ability for the departments to say one while there is a 
there is a, some sort of a standard operating procedure that says that uh, a, a facility ought to have uh, the, the following things in place, whether it's staff complement, whether it's ablution uh, uh, facilities, uh, or any other kind in case you have, you know, you have these people with a certain disability, physical or otherwise, and the things like those. The, the, there was no uh, coherent record keeping in, in that regard, right? And then the issue around uh, the, 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 the health staff complement, which then is, is uh, uh, supposed to be you know, looking at, if you take people to a certain facility, are you happy that beyond the people who just are responsible for the day-to-day care and maintenance, there is enough staff complement? Oh. There was not even a record-keeping where the Department of Health could not demonstrate that we actually know how many health care workers are in facilities uh, around Kaudeng, as far as the mental health institutions are concerned, that are not that are not uh, government uh, facilities, and 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 that record keeping really went on to to town uh, with that lack of record keeping, and I think there was one of the recommendations that it must be improved, and if possible, it, there must even be a technology interface to it, such that if you are in government, you should at one click be able to see. Uh, where are the deficiencies, yeah. and if there's a need to deal with them, sort those out. Or even if you need to, you know, say this home is no longer compliant, it must then be shut down temporarily until it complies. That should be yeah. available at the same at, at, at the same at the fingertips. Yeah. So, so, so you're quite right in, in terms of raising this issue around. But in the first place, should that not have been? And I guess you know, if, if people struggle to to do record keeping well, Asanda, you then can expect that. Listen. They have no idea of what is happening in this home. So even if somebody were to say, uh, on this day, I went to visit my aunt who is in this facility, I made a complaint, uh, and there is no record. There may not even be that, the record of that complaint. And to say, what did the manager of that facility do to you know, respond to that complaint or do things differently and better? Because if you listen to the testimonies, right, a lot of these people were, were saying that besides... Uh, sharing uh, our complaints with, uh, for instance, you know, all the the, the 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 people that were trying to help us. We had been speaking to the owners of the of the facilities themselves, complaining about the issues of nutrition, the state of uh, you know the, the state of disrepair of these facilities, and seemingly they were not even being recorded. So I think for me it would be better to say, see how far the recommendations of uh, uh, the Justice uh, Mosenege go. Uh, even beyond just uh, you know looking at the inquest as, yeah, as it is now, it would be interesting to see if Department of Housing has done anything about them. And if yes, we know that with the payment there have been there were issues that have been settled, but mm. we know that the payments were not the only recommendation out of that report. Definitely lessons have to be uh, taken here, and this has to be wrapped up. I mean, this tragedy happened in 2016 already, uh, and those families do need the closure and the conclusion thereof in terms of the inquest. But thank you. Let's leave it on that note. Uh, Thanks for for joining us on this Tuesday. Always great chatting to you, Lorato. Thank you so much. And and I want to say to you, I'm not the one who, who, who is easily despondent, but if you consider that, this year we'll be commemorating the 10th year of the Marikana massacre, and uh, there are still some widows who, mm. you know, are still saying that they have not received their pay. 
and uh, something that happened in 2016, like the life of many if the ineptitude continues, unfortunately, in 2026, we may still be here. Mm, no, no, we don't need that at mm. all. All right, thanks. Uh, happy Absolutely. Tuesday, Lorato. Thanks, Lorato Tsiking, social commentator and CEO of Decode Communications, discussing trending topics.